Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Flagship Sports Podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am your host. My name is Rod Morgan. This podcast and every other podcast is produced by James Jam Riska. Heat will be along in just a second. We cover football. We cover college basketball. We cover college football sometimes. We don't mention baseball much anymore, but we certainly talk an awful lot of basketball around here, and it is the NBA playoffs, so we're just going to get right to it this week. It's time for the Fast Break. Welcome to the Fast Break, the fastest 15 or so minutes in the NBA. I'm Jimmy. Rod is here. Chris King. Old man Chris, if you will, is here as well. And gentlemen, as we start every podcast, we are taking applications for the 2023 NFL season now, we're lighting the beam. Kings are up 2-0, guys. I, gotta eat crow. I have to eat crow on this. I really was the one who was raising the panic meter. I said that Sabonis was not going to be able to do anything in the middle, and all he did was turn around and just absolutely own the middle of the paint game, too. I said that De'Aaron Fox might be getting shut down a little bit by a guy like Gary Payton and Wiggins on the wing. And what did he do? Put up 38 points in his first playoff game. You know, Monk, a guy who I at least should get credit for on that. Let me just pat myself on the back. I had him as my sixth man, and he absolutely lit it up game one. So I got to eat crow, Chris. You were coming after me, and I'm sure you're real happy down there in North Carolina as the uh, as the biggest Sacramento Kings fan living near the North Carolina shore. <laughs> yeah, listen, they have... If anybody had any sort of doubts, they have shown themselves very capable of winning playoff games. And there's a big reason why Fox was just named, I think today, as the first ever NBA Clutch Player of the Year. The dude does nothing but hit big shots and big moments. He's done it all season long. And they really came out in game two and actually played some good defense. I mean, is they forced... Curry especially to take more and more difficult type shots. And that's why he finished three of 13 behind the arc. Still scared you though, right? You know, when, when Curry, when Curry was sitting, uh, shooting that three with one hand off of one foot to try to, to try to tie it up a couple of days ago, that was, that was yeah. let me tell you that first game, I, one of the best games I've seen in the, in the past decade, I just back and forth, just so much drama, so much fun, but I would be remiss. You know, we have a, we have a wrestling podcast as well. The, yeah, we know podcast part of the Morgan knows podcasting network. Um, it's in this feed as well. Good plug. Um, we do have a, we do have a wrestling podcast and there was some wrestling in game two. Um, there was an ankle lock followed by a boot to the gut. Uh, we're talking, of course, about Draymond and Sabonis. And I liked in our group chat uh, that we have where everyone was pretty much on the same page. That Yeah, Sabonis, uh, he held that leg a little long. Um, but then Draymond got the flagrant two with just stomping on his stomach. And Sabonis has actually had to get checked out. Now, is that real or not? Who knows? But that's the reporting. Um, right call made, Rod. And it looks like Draymond's going to play in game three. That's fine. Draymond should absolutely play. I'm not entirely sure that Draymond needed to get a flagrant two and kicked out of that game, but like, let's just, 
let's slow down a little bit before we put old Draymond here up on a cross, so to speak. All right, let's just not have to throw down a bunch of planks of defense for this guy. Okay, let's never done anything like this before, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Let's just remember who this guy is. He basically makes his living off of and his complete character is based around pushing the limits of the rules every night, trying to get in as many cheap shots as he can. Barking at fans, barking at coaches, referees, other players, just to get under people's skin. Like, if that's what you're going to do, then this is going to come your way. All right. So, bonus again, as you eloquently stated there, Jim, should not be excused in any way, shape, or form here. But let's calm down with Draymond Green is actually clumsy and needed to regain his oh, balance. Oh, give me that a was break. the only place he could put his foot down. That's absolutely ridiculous. Draymond totally went full Seth Rollins on Sabonis's chest and did Sabonis play it up a little bit? Every good professional wrestler does. That's how you sell it. But it still also doesn't mean that he didn't take a bunch of shots and show supreme toughness in that game and maybe needed an MRI. Let me circle back. Second, yeah, we know podcast reference tonight. Last week, we opened up a pack of cards. Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Garvin Stomp. Looks like Draymond Green was a, a fan of his as well. Chris King, do you think we're overblowing the situation or is Draymond really, um, really that type of person, that type of player? I think we all know he's that type of person and player. Unfortunately, he has, and I'm going to use quotation marks, inadvertently or in a basketball move, kicked multiple players in the groin before. He punched his own teammate in the face before the season even began. And I think he's becoming more and more a detriment to the Warriors than a positive. Um, uh, yeah. Pool hasn't been the same since either. Think about no, that for a second. Not at all. That contract is scary, dude. That's a started, That's right? Scary. That's a scary contract. You can't play that dude right now when your backs are against the wall in the first round of the playoffs and you're going to pay him $34 million in a couple of years. In the second game of the playoffs, you can't you can't do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, Draymond in game one laid on top of Sabonis for a long time. And Sabonis like, what's going on here? You know... When you revert to those types of plays, it really just take your it takes it down. It, it makes it makes me as a fan think, oh, you don't have it anymore, so you have to resort to those kind of tactics. And I'm sorry, you know, call me out, Draymond, whatever. But um, he's lost a step. A Listen, a dynasty. Of course, you never know when a dynasty is going to die, right? Us, us, us as kids, we knew the Bulls dynasty was going to die because they told us the guys weren't going to be reassigned, and like we were basically all told Michael was going to leave, and so we knew that was going to be the end of that dynasty, right? But other than that, dynasties just kind of die out, right? Like Larry Bird. His back went out. He just got kind of old. Mikhail's knees got shot, right? Robert Parrish ended up on another team, still playing at 42 years old. So I guess he continued somehow. But dynasties just die out, man. So this could be it for the Warriors. I, I completely bought in on all the playoff experience mumbo jumbo, and certainly they'd be able to call upon the resources that they have deep down inside their soul from all that experience and win a game in Sacramento. But they did not. The beam got lit twice, and they're in trouble. Uh, they are, and listen, Sacramento's got to win another one on the road here just to kind of solidify that. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna been a great series so far. Continue on that. Uh, Chris mentioned that Fox was the inaugural Clutch Player of the Year. Jerry West, Mike, Clutch Player of the Year. Mike Brown won the Coach's Coach of the Year, so that's a, a prelude usually to winning the NBA's Coach of the Year, so congratulations there. And Jaron Jackson Jr., in his 1,400 minutes played, won the Defensive Player of the Year, and I think that's a pretty good pick on uh, on that one. I'm we doing a silent round of applause to you two gentlemen who so eloquently fought for his winning this award against me when we did ours a couple weeks back. Yeah, I think that was a, a very good win 
for him and uh, the Grizzlies there. However, the Grizzlies had two big losses uh, the other night. The Lakers beat the Grizzlies pretty handily with about 15 points in the last 30 seconds. Wait a minute, Um, Jimmy. Wait a minute. Before we go any further there, okay, there has been an updating to the white American list. All right. Austin Reeves was cracking the top five the last time we gave a list out at the end of the 2022-2023 NBA season. He is now easily in the top three because he is outplaying Kevin Herter right now. He is. He's not outplaying Sabonis, so Sabonis is still the top of the white American list because look it up. Sabonis born in Portland. He's American. But my guy, Austin Reeves, is either three or two but he is top three. That's a huge, huge movement for my guy, Austin Reeves, Jim. So with the Lakers beating the Grizzlies, when I was watching that game, and this has been brought up on a couple other podcasts, but you really did see LeBron just kind of chilled and it was the right move because Austin Reeves is apparently the best player in the NBA right now. Uh, does whatever he wants to do against whomever he wants to do it. Huge win for the Lakers there, but a huge loss for the Grizzlies in that John ja Morant's hand, which was disgusting, saw that in um, in in real time, and then it looked even worse. In- his shooting hand too, people. Yeah, his shooting right hand, not his offhand. That he I can can't believe up. it's not broken. I really can't believe it's not broken. You know, your hand isn't supposed to bend that way if you just put it on a desk to try to do that let alone having your entire body weight come down and your the, the your middle finger hitting your wrist that that can't happen people yeah i got um, a compound fracture doing that yesterday i'm sure right <laughs> sorry um uh, but i i grizzlies are in trouble and if morant's not going to play wait a minute wait a minute wait yeah, a minute go wait ahead. a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute yes. all right I can't believe I'm the one here bringing up the age old NBA wisdom here all right but a series doesn't truly start until somebody loses a home game, all right? And let's also not make a bunch of pronouncements after just one game. The Grizzlies have a great So which record. one? Is the first one or the second one? Well, Because the first one happened. The second one also happened. So There you go. But what I was trying to say about just this game, and I was bringing in all the old cliches just to try to boister my point, and thank you for calling me out on that, Jimmy. That's a crush. <laughs> I should not do it. I'm a better <laughs> podcaster than that. My point about the Grizzlies is such that they were okay, actually better than okay, without John Morant all year long. I'm not advocating for them to not have John Morant the way I will be advocating for another team we may touch upon to actually jettison their star, but that's just a tease. They may be okay without John Morant. Let's see how game number two goes. I'm not willing to nail the Grizzlies to the floor just yet. You've got to think that Rui Hachimura isn't going to go off like he did. Anthony Davis at one point in the game, didn't he say, I can't feel my shoulder or something like that? And then came back. So you got to worry about that. It was like Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack. Ah, I can't feel ah, my arm. Ah, uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. There. I'm a little worried about the Grizzlies with Rob Morant because their morale just sunk as soon as that happened, Chris. Yeah, I think they scored maybe six or seven point more points, and then they were scoreless for the, like the last three minutes of the game. So, yeah, it wasn't great for them. He's a game-time decision right now, so we'll see. I'm sure that shooting hand will be taped up, and it's going to affect them. And that's oh, going to be tough. Gonna play. He's definitely not playing a game, too. And listen, even if Hachimura doesn't get hot like that, which we don't expect, then you'll see LeBron step up his game and do more. He's actually a smarter player now 
at 36 than he was when he was 30. And he's not trying to do everything all the time. He's realizing when other people can take the reins for a while and get it done. It sounds to me like we should punch your guys' tickets for the Lakers bandwagon. Are you guys trying to get on, man? That bandwagon is filling up quick right now. Are you guys trying to get on? You guys, you guys, you guys still, can you still get tickets? Maybe on StubHub. I don't know. Check it out. (laughs) They, they impressed me in that first win. And with Morant's injury and how they played without him in that game one, I am worried about Memphis and the Lakers impressed me. That's what happened in that game. Speaking of impressive, we have the 76ers up 2-0 over the Nets. Now, they're supposed to be up 2-0 over the Nets. I do like the fact that they're up 2-0 over the Nets, and it really hasn't been that hard yet for them. Um, anything to add with the Sixers and Nets before we move on? Just want to just want to shout out the Sixers for doing what they're supposed to be doing so far, although Doc Rivers is their coach, Rod. Philly has won numerous first round series before. I refuse to give them a pat on the back. All right. We knew that this Brooklyn Nets team was overmanned considering they jettisoned their two best players for a wild assortment of role players who are pretty good. And Mikhail Bridges is probably better than a role player, but let's just not get caught up in those semantics right now in a bevy of draft picks. And so Philly's supposed to do just this. I'm worried. Okay. I don't know that we're going to be able to get this kind of performance out of Tyrese Maxey as the games get even more pressurized okay and James Harden does not look good all right he buried seven three-pointers in the first game and he dished out a lot of assists in a game that was pretty easy for Philadelphia but he was bad in that second game he's got no burst he's got no shake he can't finish in the lane and he's pretty bad in the playoffs as is so as much as I love the big guy and he's going to win his MVP award he's going to break down he showed signs of that I'd actually be worried it's I I can't believe that I'm concerned trolling Philadelphia here 2-0 but I'd be worried if I was Philly based on a few things I've seen Chris what were you going to say about that he can't play defense oh no I mean he he could never play defense and the fact that he is he's really slow that hammy might still be hurting him um it, it is a little troubling they are doing what they're supposed to be doing which is good speaking of People that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Boston is up 2-0 on Atlanta as well. Uh, Boston's playing pretty well. Atlanta is... Rod, talk to me about the Atlanta Hawks. I want to first point out that Quinn Snyder has only been the coach of the Atlanta Hawks for like a month and a half. Sure. And and this is only the second game of the playoffs, and he already looks completely spent, just completely burned (laughs) out. Just exhausted. Candle at both ends. And I think it's completely odd that this guy's on the sidelines coaching the Atlanta Hawks with a multi-year big money deal, and he's wearing a plain black polo. No Hawks logo, no red, no white, no NBA, just a plain black polo for my guy, Quinn Snyder. And here's my hot take, Jimmy. The Atlanta Hawks are far better when Trey Young is not on the court. The only problem with that is he's making a super max contract right now. So what in the world are you supposed to do with a guy who's making a super max contract that is essentially a no-calories gunner who seems to annoy every coach and teammate he ever has. Chris, what would you do with that type of player? You're going to have to live with it for a couple more years at minimum. Okay. Okay. There's nothing you can do. You hope that you can find players that are willing to play with them or you keep a revolving door so you constantly have new players coming in because he's going to piss off all the others. Well, that's been a revolving door right now. So we're going to do some Trey Young trade talk here in a couple of weeks. 
uh, I have a feeling when uh, when the Hawks are out of the playoffs, and we'll see. You know, tell us who you think. Uh, you know, at yeah, or at uh, the Morgan, you know. <laughs> Uh, the we'll get it. They'll, they'll get yeah, it to we'll us. Get we it. know the guys that do that show. They're good. They're good. Guys. We'll figure it out. Uh, at the Morgan, you know, with uh, just the letter U uh, there, 574 at gmail.com. Who would you trade Trey Young for? Uh, Cavs and Knicks went 1 1. Very big win for the Cavs because it was a little scary. Uh, uh, that first game, they kind of came back and righted the ship a little bit. Uh, who do you guys have in this series right now after two games? Who do you think is going to win this one? I still am back in the Knicks in this series. They did what they were supposed to do. They got one of the games at Cleveland. So now they're back in the driver's seat. But Cleveland came out tonight and made a statement, and they made that statement quick. Yeah, it was a good win for the Cavs for sure. Rod, any hot takes on the Cavs? We're seeing a lot of Knicks. we're seeing a lot of Chetty Osmond. Right, We're seeing a lot of Chetty Osmond. We're seeing Danny Green get trucked out there after playing only 12 minutes and like eight different games for the Cavs after picking him up in the buyout market. Right, so they're they're desperately searching. Right, I was a little worried about the Cavs being deer in headlights, other than Donovan Mitchell after Game One, but Garland certainly showed me something in Game Two. Mobley, who I shouted from the rooftops about, but I don't know, man. I hate agreeing with Chris, as you know, but I I think Tibbs and Brunson and Randall, who I don't know, though, Randall, I guess, took another bad fall, was sitting out for Obi Toppin. But I still think the Knicks are deep enough and Tibbs is a good enough coach that they're going to they're going to pull that series out. I think, you know, Randall's going to fight through that injury. We have gone a decent amount of time here and have not talked about the number one seeded Bucks and Heat. Giannis went down hard. And he is questionable right now for game two as we record this. Probably not going to play. The Heat are up 1-0. As Bill Simmons likes to coin, the zombie Heat are back. Jimmy Buckets, uh, playoff Jimmy, whatever you want to call it. He, I love Jimmy Butler. Should still be a bull. Still upset about it. Should still be a sixer. Shout out to you, Derek. About that. Jimmy's, yeah, Jimmy's out echoing Derek. your sentiments. Shout out to Cowboy Shout out to Derek. Derek. Should be a bull, but that's okay. Um. Jimmy, let me say something here. Go ahead. Because I'm going to tie it into the last team that we just talked about, all right? The Cleveland Cavaliers. I was just talking about how they're searching, right? We're getting some Karis LeVert shooting up bricks. We're, we're getting some Dean Wade. We're getting some Chetty Osmond, as I spoke about. You think uh, a guy who can get you 18 points and eight rebounds and bury a couple of threes off of your bench who's got a championship ring and some playoff experience, you think that might be nice coming off your bench, Jim? If Cleveland had the opportunity to have that type of person, I'm sure they would love to. Right. And if you had that guy, you wouldn't just let him go for a complete buyout and then let that guy go to another team in your conference, right? You wouldn't allow that to happen, would you? Well, no. Why would you do that? Well, congratulations, Jimmy. You just walked into a quick rod damnation for the week going out to the Cleveland Cavaliers. How in the world are you just buying out Kevin Love and allowing this man to go to Cleveland? Why are you paying money to send this guy to a team you may have to ultimately face in the playoffs? And not just that, you're hurting your own team. You clearly have no depth. You need another big man, not just another big man, but another scorer, another shooter. Ding, 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 ding. All things Kevin Love can do for you for at least 15 minutes. And you said, goodbye, walk out of the building. We'll even pay you to walk out of the building. And we'll give you a ticket to go down and sign with the Miami Heat. Absolute ridiculous nonsense out of the Cavaliers. If they lose this series, they should absolutely be getting burned all year long in Cleveland Sports Talk Radio this summer about how that buyout of Kevin Love was ridiculous. That 
was your Rod Damnation of the week. Chris, I he said every he spoke the truth on this one for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, Rod and I agree again. Uh <laughs> Kevin <Unfortunately>. Love. <laughs> Better for the show yeah. if we yell at each other. Come on. Exactly. Be Kevin fake, Love Chris. has proved that he's still a valuable player. And like Rod, everything Rod said is true. He's a veteran. Come off the bench 15 to 18 minutes, get you 15 to 18 points, seven, eight boards. Like that is what every playoff team wants. Giannis is going to be back though here, Jim. Giannis is going to be back here, right? So again, this is another one I would say let's let's preach caution here because Tyler Hero also broke his hand in that game. That's that's big. That's a huge loss to the Heat because they frankly just don't have enough bodies. Of course, Giannis is the bigger loss and better player, but the Bucks infrastructure and everything they got can still beat the Heat minus Tyler Hero if Giannis is out a few games. But it seems like he's probably going to be back because let's not forget. it looked like his leg was ripped out of its socket a couple of years ago, and then he just ended up going for 50 in game seven of the, of the championship. Oh, With Harrow out, do we get to see more of our boy Victor get some more playing time? He hasn't uh, even come off the bench. I he? think Duncan's going to get more playing time. I mean, he had a big yeah. three. He had a big three in that game. Um, I mean, more Speaking playing time. Speaking of the Miami Heat bench, though, Jimmy, we got yeah. to call something else out here, right? Uh, Chris <laughs> is sitting in front of his Indiana background right now with his Indiana hat on, and one of the reasons Chris has his Indiana hat our on boys. Is because he has no hair on top of his head. He knows that he has no hair on top of his head, so he shaves the entire head. Cody Zeller, my man, what are you doing? Your whole gimmick this playoff is going to be just on camera for bench celebration shots for the Heat, and you're going to go with look of old farmer and just rock the horseshoe? Cody Zeller, you're making Indiana look bad here, man. Come on, as a proud Hoosier, I beg you, just shave it all off, dude. Shave it all off or wear a do-rag. Like, cause a stir by wearing nice. a do-rag. Do something other than rock the horseshoe and make all of us Hoosiers look like fools. We can send him some Organo merch and he can. uh, We'll give him some stickers to place on the bald head. It's better than the horseshoe. Wow. A rare second Rod Nation. I know. I like a quick quick Rod Nation there. Uh, The Nuggets decided to play basketball for the first time in about a month (laughs) and uh, didn't care about the lives of the Timberwolves or anyone that the Timberwolves cared about. 109 to 80, pretty bad thrashing here from Denver. T-Wolves, good good people, good families. Eh, some people not as good. Um, Jimmy, explain I, something to me. You're a big yeah. guy, right? You're a big guy. You're, you're over six foot, right? You played the yep. center position back in the day yep. when you played some organized basketball. Explain yep. to me how the Minnesota Timberwolves have two guys who clock in at that height, but they can still <laughs> do nothing with Jokic. Explain that to me. I don't like... All of his points were in the paint. Where are the big guys in the paint? One of the one of them has won a couple of defensive players of the year, and you gave up the biggest bevy in NBA history to get, and he can do nothing against Jokic? Come on. I'm fired up this evening, boys. I apologize. Either Jokic is that good. Let's not. Let's not go there, or else you're going to get even more fired up. The Jazz <laughs> knew that Rudy Gobert wasn't as good because he oh, couldn't do anything to Jokic. Danny Ainge couldn't say yes fast enough after the first offer, let alone the second and third, because Ainge was smart enough to say, actually, no, they'll give us more. They'll give us more. Walker Kessler, we want him. We want that guy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot. Rudy Gobert may not be on the team next year. I don't know how that could happen uh, unless um, 
John Wall is still available on a huge contract. Hello, Charlotte, Rudy, get to know the good NASCAR fans of Charlotte, North Carolina, because you could end (laughs) up in the way station that is the Charlotte Hornets, my friend. Uh, And then finally, uh, we are talking. So the thing about doing podcasts during the playoffs is you're always going to be a little outdated, no matter what, because there's games every night and there's like three games every night and we cannot stay up till two o'clock in the morning. Okay, I'm sorry. But right now, the Clippers are up one oh on the Suns. But in the game, I believe the Suns last I checked were winning. Uh, It's close. Twenty six, twenty two in the first quarter. So that's that's where we're uh, when we're recording here. Um. We saw some of the issues with the Suns. When you play that many people in a playoff game, you don't have a good core. And I think that's where we're at right now, guys. Rod? You're saying Ish Wainwright for seven minutes is not what you want to see in a playoff not, game? Not ideal. It's not an ideal situation. You're saying Jack Londale for 11, not really what you want to see out there in a playoff game? I'm sorry, who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's, the, here's more my point here all right are, has KD this, taken a shot since the second quarter of game one yet by the way listen the amount of air that's been wasted about kevin durant on nba podcast for these number of years we don't need to do any of it here is this where we do the russell westbrook love fest or is it later jim oh god come on give me a I break mean, let's a know listen listen come on you got to give the guys flowers if we're gonna he go fought with guy, someone in the club on the way back defending from the any of his off-court room. behavior. As we often say on this podcast, we do not condone any of the off-court behavior of any NBA player. We don't Is know anything about it. We know nothing about the, it. The locker room to the, I guess it's off-court. Was, was the time clock running, Jimmy? Was a referee monitoring everything that Russell Westbrook was doing at that moment? It was it's not. Close enough, was they might have been. They might have been. Off-court. Yeah. Off-court. Okay. You can try okay. to do your, your weird semantics all you want. It was off-court. When we go after a guy as hard as we went after Russ for one aspect and one aspect only of his game, which is make shots, which we all agree is not the best aspect of Russell Westbrook's game. We have to then turn around and say, okay, yes, this is the other part of the game that you have. This is the hustle. This is the want to. And quite frankly, in a game like the NBA, even in the playoffs, sometimes that means everything. And dang it, he went three for 19, but he meant everything to the Clippers in that first game. And I just think that if we go after Russell Westbrook as hard as we do sometimes, we have to give him his flowers when he earns it. Okay. You're not wrong, Rod, <laughs> but you are. <laughs> Listen, I think I think Westbrook has been a decent fit with the Clippers, especially with Paul George out. They need that rebounding that he gives. And he's, he got, what, he got 11 boards and nine rebounds, I think. So whether he shoots bad or not, those are big counting stats that you need when you have your second star out of What does he do as soon as he grabs those rebounds too, Chris? He's like the energizer. He pushes That's big for a team like that. But, but I'm going to give you some numbers. You know that I – uh tend to go crazy on the plus minus but there was only one starter for the clippers who had a positive net rating at the end of the game and that was leonard every other starter was in the negative westbrook was negative six negative six as a net for the minutes he played where the clippers won and where they will have to continue to win especially in this round is with their second team all right man was plus 13 powell was plus 11 Plum, Plumley was plus 16 and Highland was plus 13. Damn right Plumley was a plus cuz he's a Hoosier. That's where the Clippers won that first game was their second team just balling out 
way better than the Sun second team. And Westbrook sets that tone. So flowers to Russell Westbrook. Jimmy. Yeah, I'm not going to give flowers to Russell Westbrook. I do like the fact that he hustles uh, as much as he can and, and tries, but some of the decisions he makes are just uh, just a little bit out there. And it's going to be interesting to see how Paul George fits into this if the Clippers do move on to the next round. Um, but also, the Clippers move on to the next round without Paul George. Look out for the Clippers because uh, that could be a very interesting uh, team moving forward if they stay healthy, which let's be honest, is anyone going to stay healthy? And right before we before we end the show, I do have a question for you all. Should we take the um, the charge circle away? Should we make it bigger? What should we do? Everyone's crazed about it. We had a lot of injuries to some very, very high profile people. What say you, Chris King, about that uh, the, the charge circle? I I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, you guys know me. When I grew up, there was no charge circle. It was just all one big box area. It didn't matter where you stood. If you were standing still and you got trucked over by an offensive player, that was the charge. I still kind of believe in that. But if you are going to play today's game, you got to know where that circle is. You got to be have awareness on the court, and you should know where that is. And you should be able to get outside of that. And some of these guys had plenty of time to do that, and they just didn't. That's court awareness. I think most of the awareness, plays, I just knocked myself out on my microphone. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Rod. Sorry. I think I think most of the plays actually the guys were within the the or, you know the way that where they're supposed to be, right? So they were sure. actually legal legal charge plays. So what you got to do is you got to move the restricted circle out, right? You got to get guys a little further away from the basket, or you've got to change it to where the guy has to be in that position before he even goes to the gather, right? Because what yeah. we basically have now is we just got guys that are scooting in front because you can't get rid of the charge altogether. It's already so hard to play defense in today's game. I can't believe I'm taking the old man Chris defense stance here, but it's already so hard to play defense in today's game that you can't get rid of the charge. But we got to come up with, it's. I mean, we got so many video replays anyway, but the gather... And then once you tell a guy that he's not going to be able to draw that charge anymore, guys are going to be disincentivized to do it anyway. So let's move the circle out a little bit and let's come up with different rules of where guys have to be on the gather. And I think we're going to legislate a little bit of it out that way. Yeah, I think that you move the circle out a couple feet, honestly, just to get it out of the way where inside that inside that um, circle, we're going to get to see a lot better plays. You're going to get to see a lot more defense uh, tried or attempted at least. Yeah, there'll be more fouls for sure. But these kind of really hard going 100 miles an hour coming down on your back or on your arm, we don't need that. And and we don't want to, people to get injured. Okay? Yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially what happened to John Morant's hand, right? His hand looks yeah. like he got beat by a pistol. Hey, oh, see what I did there? And all that Listen, happened was he just took, was he just got, was he just, yeah, the guy tried to take a charge on him. It's, it's just like what the NFL is having to deal with. When you have better athletes who can hit harder, jump higher in the case of the NBA, do more crazy type stuff, try to posterize people, you're going to have more injuries. That's just the way it happens. It doesn't matter if you move that line out or do away with the charge, you're still going to have those injuries. Now, I think if you disincentivize guys from being able to get that great job, well, look at that hustle play for getting that charge. I think then guys won't do it. So, and I, and I think you'll see less of it. 
And that has been the NBA Fast Break, the fastest 15 or so minutes in the NBA on the Morgan Hill Podcasting Network. Chris King. Wait, Rod? Who says something? Rod, you say something here, don't you? Listen, What's going on? getting after us for how long the fast break is at this point, all right? What the We've hell show is this? During the playoffs, all right? It's playoff Survivor? mode here on the fast break, all right? It is playoff mode here on the fast break. So give us some grace for being a little long. We're staying up late. We're still doing the pods for you. Having a great time. Tell your friends. Smash that subscribe button. We love it. Light the beam. Goodbye, Internet.